It is such a privilege to share with you today this radio broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, a Bible study program coming from the Sunday teaching delivered by Pastor Greg Scalzo at Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and we are currently in the in-depth Through the Bible study series on Heavenly Authority. Today we will continue to listen to my husband's sermon on the prayer of Hannah in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. Now let's rejoin Pastor Greg. Verse 6, the Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and brings up. Now we've gone beyond the principle of how God humbles the proud, how he lifts up the needy and those who recognize the need for salvation. And we've gone even into eschatology, even into resurrection. She says the Lord kills, he takes life, and he makes alive. He brings down to the grave, and then what? He brings up. She believes in the resurrection. She knows the same God that has established death as a principle in this world. Cursed is the ground because of you, Adam. The day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. That we have this principle of death in this realm because of sin to humble us so that no matter how much money or how much power, how much beauty, how much fame, how much knowledge, every person, if they're honest, knows there's an end. If it was not for death, we would not know how weak we really are. God subjects the creation to frustration. We have this principle of death because of sin to show us how bad sin is, how empty, how naked we really are. And then he brings up from the grave. He gives us the hope of resurrection in Jesus Christ. The same God who allows, who pulls his hand back and allows these bodies to decay, though he didn't mean it to be so, now can speak to the dust and the earth. And because of what Jesus did, he brings down to the grave and he brings up. And there shall be a resurrection of the dead. Verse 7, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. See here the joy coming from ashes, the fruit from barrenness, life from death, strength from weakness, all symbolized in Hannah's condition being barren, then with Samuel, God's mercy and fulfillment, heard by God, she has a child and there's hope. And that hope in God hearing her prayer is the same hope of the New Testament gospel that God will bring joy from ashes, fruit from barrenness, life from death, strength from weakness. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the beggar from the ash heap to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne 
of glory. And that happens in this world. He'll take the simple shepherd boy David and bring him to the kingship. He'll bring down the thrones of all the different kings of the different nations. But it also speaks of eternity. How some who were meek, were mild, did not have much like that Lazarus who was outside the rich man's door and did not receive a crumb from the rich man. How the meek shall inherit the earth. How there will be a new order of things. And on the resurrection, you'll have those who seem to the world as nothing, but who had great faith in God, even as Hannah has great faith in God. And they'll be among the princes. He'll make them inherit the throne of glory. That's not just speaking about a throne in this world. That's speaking about ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ in the world to come. Notice all the New Testament messages in this prayer. And there's a large element in this prayer of praise. She's praising these works. She's praising the nature of God that he does this, that he brings up those who are weak. He brings up those who are poor and barren. And he brings down the mighty and the proud. She praises his nature. She praises his works. She says at the end of verse 8, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. Remember, knowledge is his. He weighs the actions, she said, right? And the pillars, the very foundations of the earth are the Lord's. And he has set the world upon them. All the principles, all the laws of nature, all the scientific laws that our scientists try so hard to understand and analyze and put into mathematical formulas, he has set them all up. They're in his hands. He set the world upon them. Verse 9, he will guard the feet of his saints. If he controls all of nature, then be sure he will guard the feet of his saints. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness. The feet of his saints. He's going to take them and watch every step that they make. That word there, corsed, which is translated saints here, means the godly, the pious, the devout, the faithful. It's a word used over and over again in the Psalms. We saw it previously one other time before this in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 8. When it said of Levi, he said, Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massa and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah. Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One. And the word their Holy One, Saint, it's the same word she uses here. But really, she sets the whole tone for the rest of the Bible because the Psalms will take up upon that word, Saint, the Holy One, the Holy Ones of God, and use it over and over and over again. One of the important psalms for our day, Psalm 12, verse 1, Psalm of David, David says, Help, Lord, 
For the godly man, same word, quasid. The godly man, the saint, ceases. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. David is praying to God and saying, help us, Lord. The saints are ceasing. There ceases to be these saints, these godly ones. The faithful disappear from among the sons of men. When that happens, it's a dangerous time for society. When there are no holy ones, pure ones, godly ones, faithful ones, when they cease, and they cease and disappear from among men, a society is on a verge of falling. And unfortunately today, the saints seem to be dwindling, even as there's a time of revival. In some places, in society as a whole, we almost seem to see a shrinking of the church, a shrinking of the number of saints, people who care about faithfulness, being devout and godly before God. Hannah says here, he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. This is an important statement of salvation. Remember what Jesus taught about the king, what the king would say to his servants about the man that was not in the wedding dress, the wedding garments at the wedding feast. The king would tell the servants to bind that man, to bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Lord spoke about the outer darkness. Here, Hannah, centuries before, says how the Lord guards the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. Their voices are not going to be heard anymore to influence society. Right now, the wicked speak. And many times, they speak very loudly. And they can move people very strongly by their words. But a time will come when they will not speak any longer, they will be silent and out of darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And those that are faithful to God, the Lord God guards their feet. He keeps our path safe. And then she says a very clear theological statement at the end of verse 9. For by strength no man shall prevail. She sums up this section about the Lord God as she prays and praises God, how God lifts up those in need and brings down those in pride, how God guards the holy ones, but the wicked shall go into darkness. She says, for by strength no man shall prevail. What a statement. A statement that you would expect to read by the Apostle Paul in one of the letters, that by strength no man shall prevail, spoken by this simple woman Hannah in prayer before the tabernacle. She's anointed by the Spirit, and she's able to make this prayer in the Spirit, a prayer that Eli, who really looks like he's in positional strength, as a high priest could not make. Why can't Eli make this? 
for by strength no man shall prevail. It's not a matter, this is very critical to our study on heavenly authority. It's not a matter of your position, where you are, and there's a legitimate priesthood here established by God at Shiloh. And you see why, when you see how they're going up and down and making false temples and false idols and false priests to all types of abominable pagan gods, you see why God established this tabernacle of Shiloh and the priesthood through Aaron. But anyone called to a position of authority in the Lord should not be corrupted by that position to say, well, look at me. Because by strength, no man shall prevail. We will leave our study at this point today, and we thank you for being with us. Study of God's holy word always builds up and encourages our spirits. And it would be encouraging to us here at Sheer Jeshub to receive feedback from our listeners. We would love to receive your comments. And may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the Church Fellowship Outreach of Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. Please send all correspondence and make out all donations to Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. That's spelled S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you are going to be in the Madison, Connecticut area, I would like to invite you to join us for Sunday worship. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return. <laughs>